0: On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we're going to play a fun game that the Eagles social media account posted on Twitter about choosing your big three ultimate Eagles wide receivers. Plus, we continue our What Happened To series with Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, and J.J. Artega-Whiteside. We know Gino's excited for that one. All that and more on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team, every
0: day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome, Eagles fans, to a Wednesday edition of the show. Shout out to the everydayers for making us part of your day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by my co-host, Gino Camilleri. Gino, how you hanging in there, man? No football for a while. Uh, This one, I don't know why. I feel like this dead zone, if you will, after the draft has felt like it's dragged on a lot longer i think it's much needed for every eagles fan because of the super bowl loss and it it was a draining year in a, a good way it was exhilarating and then heartbreaking just the roller coaster ride but i don't know for some reason this year i'm just i think it is because i'm so antsy to get to this next season so i can remove that nightmare from my head like the fact that that was the last game they played is still sticking in my mind that this does feel like it's dragging out a little bit for at least for me i don't know
1: when I'm looking up the supplemental draft that's happening for the first time in a couple of years, you know wow, things yeah, are Yeah, that's slow. right, man. I forgot you know about the supplemental draft. NFL, man, when Gino's yeah.
0: doing some scouting for the supplemental draft, that's when you know exactly. he misses ball.
1: No, but I'm with you, Lou. I'm ready to get that taste out of my mouth of that yeah, being last time thing that we saw right and and it really goes back to the early 2000s as well you look at those years where you just laid an egg in three straight NFC championship games and every time you're like yeah we had a great team let's go out there and do it again and that's exactly what they did but with this team and this situation in the NFC Lou it feels a little bit different and that's why I'm excited to get there because when you look at the grand scheme of where the Philadelphia Eagles lie right now. You have an elite quarterback, which I think you could talk about you had in the early 2000s on the precipice of elite. You have a very good wide receiver duo, which you never really had. But when you had Terrell Owens back in 2004, you saw the reward, which you got out of that. And you've always had a great defensive line. You've always had a great offensive line. And your secondary is really good, too. And in the NFL right now, Lou, it's a passing league. And we're talking about how great your connection is between the wide receivers and Jalen Hurts. I truly believe that we could see three guys in this offense potentially get one thousand yards in the air. I and agree. Call I mean, me crazy. Daughter it,
0: probably should have if he didn't get her last year, Gino.
1: Yeah, he he should have came close. And yeah, right now in the NFC, Lou, you're saying if if you go across this schedule, yeah, it's going to be difficult when you play the AFC teams, and you're probably going to be in some bar and burners where you put up some big numbers. Yeah, but look at the NFC. Look at what you could do if you want to talk about, like, stat padding, right? And that's not really something that in the NFL you want to look at. But if you're going to talk about big performances, you can really do some damage in the NFC. And if you take care of business in the conference, losing a game to Kansas City, losing a game to Buffalo, it won't hurt as badly because those AFC games, they don't count as much. They don't count in the standings when it comes to seeding, so on and so forth. So take care of business in the NFC where – What's your biggest threat at this current point in time? Dak Prescott with the same team that we've seen year over year, or Geno Smith, or what what really is the big threat? Doc Purdy or Trey Lance? It's shooting yourself in the foot. It's shooting yourself in the foot and doing what? Everybody saw happen in the early 2000s.
0: And that's also why I'm getting a little antsy, because I know this team has a huge opportunity to bounce back. This doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like a team that's going to be like the Atlanta Falcons. And I know they made it to the divisional round and almost beat the Eagles in 2017, but it felt like after that 2016 collapse in the Super Bowl, they were never the same. And with the Eagles, it doesn't feel like they're going to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm antsy to make sure that that is the case. Because until they do hit the football field, the last game we know it was heartbreaking and that can definitely impact a team, right. For the mm-hmm. long term. And I don't think that's this team. I just want to make sure we can see that result. And you know, the first game or two where they just blow a team out of the water and they get back to what they were doing last regular season. I can kind of feel more peace about that for sure. Cause on paper, they look primed to be, you know again we've said on the show their upside looks even better than it did in 2022 which is saying a lot because i think that was the most talented team and you do too in, in franchise history and you know i like that you mentioned wide receiver because the eagle social media team's been doing some fun stuff with over the last few weeks uh, today they did their ultimate like choose your ultimate eagles team with 15 dollars. you know it's a classic you know mm-hmm. uh, sports twitter game but they actually had an interesting one from last week and you kind of talked about how could, you know, this past year we had Devonte Smith and A.J. Brown with 1,000 yards. Could Dallas Goddard have that as well and make it a trio that gets to, you know, 1,000? It could happen. The Eagles have, to me, the best receiving core maybe they've ever had. And so the Eagles put out a question the other day with this awesome graphic of all the, the great Eagles legends at the wide receiver position and said, give us your three, your all-time receiving core. And am I nuts for saying that two-thirds of that trio are on my team already? I don't know. Like, I might take Devontae and A.J. Brown and then give me T.O. As much as I love Deshaun Jackson, I don't know, man. I think you might have two of your best receivers talent-wise ever. I don't know. Maybe that's a prisoner of the moment take, but I'm, I'm not sure.
1: How are you tackling this? Are you Howie Roseman, Circuit Twenty Twenty, and you want to go small and you want to go no. with those guys that can be good? See, I'm not
0: doing it like a basketball pros. team kind of thing. You know, I'm saying, give me the three, give me the three best three be- players. So you
1: believe that the yeah. three best players are Devontae Smith, Adrian Brown, all. and Owens. Right,
0: like nobody. Nobody tracks a deep ball. Nobody was more explosive
1: on this list than Deshaun Man, I, I to don't me, know. Like Harold Carmichael in today's I know, game, six, seven dude. Like, can, who's defending fours. that guy? Who's but we don't
0: know who. Like the, the tough part is, and I don't want to negate what happened pre. You know, oh, you're gonna be the, you're gonna
1: be this guy. People, but are gonna I love I,
0: I don't. <laughs> I know the older listeners are gonna <laughs> love yep. this take, but it's very hard for me to project what. Of course, the the traits are there, but to me, mm-hmm. it's very hard to project what those kind of players would be back then and now in today's game. If you take that kind of frame and body and skill set and develop them with the modern day probably but for me it's like Devonte smith aj brown and terrell owens i know they can do everything they can i mean aj brown had the second most 40 plus yard receptions last year we know he can make catches over the middle he can break tackles we know Devonte smith can high point the ball his release and his route running is better than almost anybody in the game and then terrell owens is an all-time great so i just feel like that's the mm-hmm. best way to get the three guys that do pretty much everything. Whereas DJX, he's fast, the deep ball, but I can get the the deep game and chunk yardage from these other players too, and I can get more.
1: I think you have to say that Terrell Owens is the best overall Eagles. Yeah, receiver right that now, you've ever for sure. For, yeah. for one year. Even though it's for one
0: year, totally.
1: If you take these guys in their prime, that's where the discussion gets very interesting, right? Because yeah. Deshaun Jackson at his height. I know, man. Was unbelievable. Like 2013 or 2010, Djax. We always talk it. Like I don't want to be the. Person talking out both sides of my mouth, like we always say. What would Randall Cunningham be in today's game? Like, what would Mike Quick be? What would Harold yeah, Carmichael it's, it's, be, man? Yeah. It, it would be such an interesting. The Carmichael one was tough. For me. Him and
0: him and Deshaun. If I was going to take someone out, it'd probably be Devonte. And then I would. I was almost going to put Jackson or Carmichael in there,
1: but I just. Oh, if we're running a twenty twenty three NBA offense, man. Yeah, that's a Yeah, then how would you build Owens and, and then D-Jax? AJ Brown? Or, or that? I mean. Oh, if you're just going like big, big, time yeah, just big, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where yeah. like Harold Carmichael's going up against Nikola Jokic in, in, in yeah. the post there, right? And w- the way I look at it, though, Lou, is when you're having these discussions for a while, we couldn't have this discussion, and I know since Jeremy Macklin, the descent of what was such a prestigious position in the the '80s and the '90s with the two of the all-time greats with. Quick and Carmichael, you go back to the Tommy Fitzgerald days way back when, man, like the guy who led what would be the Eagles wide receiver for a year. Tommy McDonald, yeah, sorry about that. I I don't know why I was saying Fitzgerald there. Tommy McDonald, I drafted him a couple years ago when we did that ultimate Eagles team, right? And now once again, you're talking about two guys that can really do it all. And why are we talking about all of these wide receivers? Because they did everything for this team. And it was not just putting up big numbers in the offense. It was creating mismatches, m- mismatches like Terrell Owens two on one. I mean, he's going to beat you no matter what in the Super Bowl with a broken freaking leg, man, like to quote Kurt angle, he always says it with a broken yeah. freaking neck, Terrell Owens, the guy had his legs screwed together And he goes out there and puts up a a heck of a performance. And the last point I wanted to make, Lou, would you remember A.J. Brown or Terrell Owens' performance more in a Super Bowl loss? Ooh, it's got to be T.O. just because of the broken leg storyline, too.
0: I mean, they were both absolutely incredible, though. I just had that thought. And I show. think Devontae's Super Bowl performance was amazing. Over a hundred yards. You can debate in that, that in a couple of years from now. What
1: is the best I, I from a wide receiver? Yeah.
0: And real quick, before we take a break, I don't want people to think like I'm trying to negate Harold Carmichael. He's oh, a Hall Lou of Famer. <laughs> yeah. <players> in <laughs> yeah. That's right. not what I need right now. He's a <laughs> Hall of Famer. If you were building a receiver in the lab, it would probably look like that. I just again it's tough for me to like get passionate about a player when I didn't watch them at all. So I, I totally get why you'd put Carmichael in there over Devontae. Smith, AJ Brown or Terrell Owens just for me like if I was building my trio right now I'd, I'd probably go T.O. Brown and, and Devontae but it's, it's a fun exercise and I've, I live for those kind of you know tweets in, in June for, for for sure it definitely gets everybody going at least to you know buy some time until training camp and speaking of buying time we've been having fun with the series we've been doing over the last few weeks our what happened to series where we take a look at some younger Eagles that maybe blew up early but they for one reason or another couldn't sustain that success or they came in to Philadelphia with high expectations and why those guys did not pan out in Philadelphia. We're going to continue that series. Coming up next with two running backs that helped you win your first ever Super Bowl, and Jay Ajayi and Corey Clement. That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. And, guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just go to fanduel.com to join today. So don't miss your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1000 when you join FanDuel. Are the Philadelphia Phillies going to turn things around? Like, you know, sometimes they do around this. They get hot in June and July. Bet on the Phillies or whatever. Your MLB pleasure at fanduel.com/lockdown. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown On Eagles podcast. Thanks so much for making us a part of your day, your first listen each and every day. And, Gino, we're going to continue our What Happened 2 series. So we're going to talk about your boy J.J. Arthaga Whiteside in segment three. But I want to go a few years before that, in 2017. The Eagles, to me, I think the it wasn't a missing piece because they were the hottest team in football. But would you agree, when they traded for Jay Ajayi, that really was the missing piece where it's like, okay the best passing team in the NFL with the MVP quarterback and all these new receivers and a great offensive line, what did they not really have? A dominant run attack. They were winning in spite of LeGarrette Blunt in that run game. They bring in Jay Ajayi, and especially when Carson Wentz went down, I think he carried the load, right? Like he, Jay, Jay Train, it was only one, like half a year, but his impact in Philadelphia was massive.
1: The play that really made it clear that he was going to make an impact was when they were playing the Cowboys and he almost broke that thing yeah. for nearly 75 yards, right? And you're saying, we didn't have a guy that could do this. In his like first
0: I... game, too, against Denver, you know, he broke out that huge 4-yard mm-hmm. touchdown run.
1: Mm-hmm. He 100% did, and you're thinking yeah. he's going to do it again, and he's really going to solidify himself as the lead back here, and I don't want to shoot down what LG did in that offense. You look at that Chargers oh, yeah. game earlier in the and year. And in the though, playoffs, who, too, he was incredible. That – that run against the Chargers might be one of the closest runs you can get a beast to beast mode. a beast mode type of run, yeah. right? Philly
0: never saw a run like that. We saw McCoy juking and Westbrook put mm-hmm. Ricky Waters, but we never saw like a power back to say you yeah, can't take exactly. it down. Yeah. I mean,
1: you have to go back to the days of Deuce, right? Like that bigger, bigger yeah. back that you really can't take Montgomery down the back in the seventies. I don't know. Yeah. Talk about basketball team, what Jay Ajayi did to that backfield. One was it leapfrogged what would become the NFL trade deadline that we know today. That was yeah. really the year that things kicked into high gear. I remember because of Howie, yeah. watching the trade deadline show on ESPN the year before, walking on the treadmill, and they're talking about, oh, can Elshon go to Philly? Can Torrey Smith go to Philly? Well, they mm-hmm. both went to Philly the next offseason via free agency. They didn't get traded there. And Herm Edwards was talking about them trading for some – backup tight end from the Raiders and I'm thinking we need to move beyond this as a yeah. sport that we actually have to make some moves and then the next year you see Jay Ajayi come in and what his impact at the deadline at that position especially where they had that offensive line where it really was plug and play we just need somebody that can get those explosive runs that can take the weight off of our past And game. the efficiency,
0: Gino, was so in much better matter. with there a you giant go and Blunt. Yeah, that's the thing is. And even when Nick Foles was in there and, you know, before that, Vikings NFC title game, there really was no threat of the pass, and Ajayu still ripping off, you know, four or five yards a pop. And he really did carry that offensive production in that Raiders game to clinch the one seed. The Atlanta game, the divisional round, I thought he was your best offensive player mm-hmm. outside of the line, like when it comes to a consistency basis. Then he averages like seven yards a carry in the Super Bowl. You look at him and Corey Clement, who, of course, had 100 yards in the Super Bowl. We all know that performance. Should have been Super Bowl MVP If it, outside of Nick Foles, of course, was the second-best player on the Eagles in that football game on the offensive side of the football. And I think me and you, at least, for the first year or two on the podcast, or at least 2018, we were saying, okay, this is our, like, Laguerre Blount's gone. Our new duo at running back is going to be Ajayi and Clement. And why do you think that... Just like died so quickly, I think with Jay we know. I mean, it was just the arthritis, right? It was the it was the
1: Chernobyl Which effect stinks, of his knee, man, right? He was so talented. the The fault with Chernobyl was that there was always an issue to begin yeah. with, and that was the unfortunate thing with Jay. And the reason why Miami didn't want to pay him was they knew that knee was a ticking time bomb. It had a shelf well, ha- What did
0: right? he fall to the fifth round coming out of Boise State? Yep. Yeah, they
1: yeah. they had anticipated him being a A third-round-ish pick, and then he has that knee injury, of course. And you see that, especially in running backs, how easily these guys decline once you lose that little bit of burst. And nothing was more evident, Lou, when you saw him come in, how good he was. And then just a year later, to see that loss of explosion. And just in the NFL, if you lose .1, .2 seconds on your 40 time, you're talking about getting tracked down in the open field, yeah. which Ajayi already was a four, five, four, six type of guy. Talking I was about say, he's that not Dallas run where he did exactly, and Clement was the same type of way. He was a a flash in the pan type of player where the flashes get you fired. Like, what happens if you do just go all in and, and he is your next duo yeah. with Ajayi? What if you didn't have a long term plan beyond that? Well, they didn't, and that's exactly what happened, and yeah. that's why I think they've gotten into this headspace where they're willing to just continue to bring in more guys was because of the success that they had in 2017, where they're saying if we can culminate enough of this money ball mentality to where these guys can fulfill the role of a single bell cow back, which you haven't really seen in X amount of years, right? I mean, even Brian Westbrook was only carrying it 30 plus times, one or two times in his entire career. Eagles have never made their money on that. And going into that year, You were saying, what is going to happen? What are they going to do? They signed Legarrette Blount late in training camp, right? They actually they signed him in May, and they don't get Jhi till late into the year. And Darren Sproles is hurt, and when Darren Sproles went down. To put all your eggs in the Darren Sproles basket at that time, yeah. was a very right. reactive mentality. It was a necessity,
0: right? Exactly. And with a guy you mentioned, like that next year when he came back in 2019, that Miami it was, game, it was so. It sad, was third man. and three, and he had the open lane on the outside, and he just could not be. It was like a nose. It's like tackle seeing
1: Tyson go into the ring now. I'm it's like, like oh. yeah, it's
0: still cool, it but it, it didn't
1: have its. It didn't have the lustre, right?
0: And with. With Clement, I almost, like, think we need to appre- – it's almost better the way it happened. I'm kind of glad he didn't really become, you know, this, like, consistent player because it, like, adds to the lore of Super Bowl 52. It's like, here is this guy that like his quarterback for one game and one game only – literally just caught lightning in the bottle and wasn't even like a receiving back that had a 100 receiving yards, Gino, in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you see so many Super Bowl heroes like that that came out of nowhere. Jacoby Jones with the Ravens, Malcolm Smith with the Seahawks, uh, Chris Matthews with the Seahawks. People forget in the first half mm-hmm. against New England was amazing. And I think it's kind of cool that actually that's what it was more than anything. He was basically like we talked about Travis Fulgham last week. He was Travis Fulgham But you got it in the perfect timing it's like you it was almost like scripted that Mm -hmm. you got that game only once in the super bowl and that was it but i think that was kind of it's like he everything he had he used on that one game
1: the story of these two i think can ultimately come down to timing and i think that's a great way to sum up what went right in 2017 as opposed to this last season in 2022 where i think the story could be consistency right they were Mm. consistently good across the year the Eagles got their timing right at the perfect time. They were bad when it really didn't matter, and they were great when it really did matter. They were bad at that end of the season stretch in December when they already had things essentially locked up. Yep. And then all of a sudden you caught fire and had this offensive explosion And you don't even get to talk about the great run that LeGarrette Blount had in the Super Bowl. That touchdown run, man. That was a 29-yard scamper of a run. Jay Ajayi had some big-time moments in that game as well. All because of Corey Clement being the ultimate one guy in one type of moment. And that's what he was made for, man. And that's what Corey Clement's always going to be remembered for. I don't think it's going to be remembered as that fall from grace or the Jay Ajayi situation as well. I I know it's things to say out loud, but man, like losing him that next season, it was kind of that point where you're saying, okay, we have to move beyond playing and getting these one year guys and having some sort of youth here. And even now with Rashad Penny and Deandre Swift, you still have Kenny Gainwell, you still have Boston Scott. And a lot of that comes from what happened in that single year with these two guys specifically. So Gino, Last question to me with like that running back
0: position with Clement. Mm-hmm. I think after 2017, to me it was, I mean, he dealt with some injuries, but I, I think you just realized it was, this guy's not overly explosive. He's not like mm. a, a great receiver. It, it was almost like how he, I don't know. I don't want to say he didn't invest a lot on running back because of the Super Bowl and because he was just like, you know, he bought into what he saw from Clement in that game. It's hard not to, but it almost felt like that. It's like, He saw one game, and he kind of got hooked on that. He's like, that's who Mm -hmm. this player is going to be, when honestly
1: that was really just – it was a rarity. It's very similar to the discussion of the 2020 draft and the mentality of building that wide receiver position the way that they did, and I look at how they went about the running back position for a couple of years. Well, it was the Corey Clement approach. It was, we're not going to invest big money. We're not going to invest high draft picks. We're going to take our luck because – Look who led the team the next year, Lou. It was Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood. They were taking their licks at other positions and investing money at other positions and saying we are going to go beyond that bargain bin at Walmart. We are going to go to the back alley and buy the knockoff versions, right? That's what Mm -hmm. Josh Adams was. He had no right beating the leading rusher in 2018 for the Philadelphia Eagles, especially after how good those performances were from those three in their designed roles. Yeah. And that's why it was It was, was so perfect, great. man. Was I mean, they timed, all combined they for, what, like three? Up.
0: They almost all combined for, like, 300 scrimmage yards in that Super Bowl between Clement, Ajayi, and uh, Blunt. It was incredible. I mean, you got – when you look at back to the Super Bowl, you look at that trio, I mean – Wow. It, we Talk about like three players that barely were with Philadelphia, but have such a legendary impact on this team forever. Mm. It really is those three guys. And I think it's kind of cool that way. This isn't like as bitter of a what happened to story because they helped you win a championship. Whereas, you know, the last guy we're going to talk about to wrap up the show is your boy JJ Ortega Whiteside. And what a weird... Again, what, like just such a, it didn't work from the start. There really was no like Corey Clement moment for JJ or Travis Folgum Even it's just such a weird story because I don't think he was on. He wasn't on my radar at least in the second round. I didn't think Philadelphia, when it comes to like what they needed long term, were going to be interested in him. DK Metcalf's on the board, right? I mean Terry McLaurin, and the Eagles take JJ and yet they had Alshon locked up beyond 2018. Just a, a weird story. Now we know, too, like Jeffrey Lurie was kind of the, the hands-on guy to make sure that that pick happened. It was really interesting. I don't know. I know you liked him. I didn't see it from the start, but uh, that just uh, did not work. It definitely did not work
1: it definitely was a little bit of my pac 12 bias that this yeah, guy was absolutely yeah. shredded or but he also was getting some again. hype you know
0: like i think he clocked in it like at his pro day of like below 4 five forty, and it surprised people
1: and the thing with him is that i remember walking into the studio one day to record with you and i just yeah. looked at you and i said what if the eagles take jj orthaga whiteside in the second round and i'll never live that down because that's exactly what happened and the craziest part about that, Lou, is that one, it was between him and Paris Campbell. I know that's and the Paris worst part, came. man. It was like they weren't even gonna take Metcalf if it was, no matter what it was gonna stick. No. Like the pick was gonna be the a guy mistake. that they were going to take. Yeah, was taking the pick before him. Yeah. And would Miles Sanders have been taken if they took Nicole Hardman first? That's what I wanna know.
0: They could have got Miles. They probably should have went receiver with that first pick instead. And, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the logic was, because for me, JJ, like, I didn't get it. I The high pointing was definitely impressive at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Like, you see him posting up, you know, your your Oregon corners in the red zone, and you're like, okay, I, I see that part. And you could maybe get a little Alshon excitement coming off, you know, two great years in the playoffs mm-hmm. of Alshon Jeffrey. But uh, to me, it was like he, I, he never really showed he could separate. He didn't show a lot of explosiveness. I was a little confused by it. But maybe the logic was for them, it was like, okay, we have Elshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Are they going to be here for more than two more years? Probably Mm -hmm. not. Nelson Aguilar is coming off two really good years. He can be our, you know, quote-unquote deep threat after Jackson, and maybe J.J. is their Elshon replacement. I don't
1: know. Maybe that was Lurie's logic specifically. Well, the weird thing about all that was that they had guaranteed Elshon's deal that's that that's what made
0: confusing confuse me even more it was like you took jj and then you just doubled down on alshon it's like but what so was the plan eventually like nelson aguilar leaves after the fifth year option and then your big three is jj and alshon and then Deshaun? i don't know that wouldn't have made sense on paper either
1: not at all and and when For you process look at that, that position so we talk about 2020 being all speed well why was that because they went the opposite way and yeah. they, they yeah. really messed up and went on the production route. Like, what was
0: their plan, man? It was going to be J.J. Alshon Goddard and Ertz. I mean, there was no That's speed.
1: Exactly. <laughs> there was no speed. They they were the elephants on parade, right? They had nobody that could separate. They had nobody that could get downfield. They had nobody that you could truly rely on to make a man miss. And the only way their offense was going was through Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and their wide receivers had to win 50-50 jump balls, and it was not a successful way because when you look at those guys that are very good at the 50-50 jump ball, and one yeah. guy that had that discourse this year was uh, Quentin Johnston out of TCU. Yeah. Can they win in other ways? Can they separate? Can they yeah, become he, pure route runners? <laughs> he just couldn't do it, and yeah. there is always – or not always, but over the past couple weeks, there have been like tweets on Twitter that say, "What is the moment that you realize somebody wasn't the guy?" When Alshon, yeah. or not when Alshon, when JJ had that wide open touchdown at the end of the Atlanta Falcons game, I believe. Uh, on the Detroit. The Detroit, Detroit, Detroit the week line, after. Yeah, and it's in his hands, and you just see that thing drop through his hands. Yeah. That's that's what people had to see maybe on like Black Friday when the stock market yeah. dropped and you're just like Okay, it's over. Like, pull out all our money. This guy's done. It's a yeah. sunk cost. He's never gonna be good at this position.
0: And then it was just so demoralizing to watch DK Metcalf tear you up in the playoffs that year oh, in the wild yeah, card round. I it be just bad. brutal. Because me and you were all in on the Metcalf train for the first round. I mean, we that was our first or mm-hmm. second lockdown mock draft we did together, and we had the Eagles taking uh, Metcalf, uh, DK Metcalf. Yep. So yeah, I mean, definitely no. That was actually the first mock draft we ever did. So I don't know. I, I think kind of like the Rager pick, Gino. You know, it was just the Eagles too hyper focused on fit some sort of style mm. and eventual replacement, and um, I think that definitely bit them. And you're right though; you mentioned it earlier. It was also a college production thing. Um, that was when they had Joe Douglas here. That was something they were a lot more into, and JJ produced big numbers at in, at Stanford in the Pac-12.
1: If you look at the relative athletic scores of the guys out of that draft, it's nothing compared to what it is now. The Eagles just continued to draft very good athletes at every single position across the board over the last couple of years. And you look at J.J., right, and you're like, this guy's a four-six runner. Yeah. Not great laterally. You were all in, man. Oh, you bought his jersey. <laughs> I did. I still have it hanging
0: in my That's a great jersey now though. I think it's right funnier. Like you should wear oh, that if you ever go. Oh, to the 100%. Game. I mean, yeah. I'm
1: the JJ guy. Like Yeah, right. I You gotta I own know. it. I
0: mean, I was the Rager guy. I was I mean, the Jack
1: Sparrow going down with the ship yeah. with JJ. And the unfortunate thing about JJ, I think it was the circumstance yeah. I think it was the situation in Philadelphia at the time, too. He also just wasn't just, good enough
0: to be that high of a pick, right? No, I mean, it wasn't really it was his not. fault. And he always worked hard. I mean, the kid said, I'm going to try to play good on special teams. I'm going to move to tight end. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Jalen Rager didn't really show that kind of effort so I always admired that part of JJ he did make one really nice play he did have his one moment in 2019 it was the Monday night game against New York that started that four game win streak to win the division second half they're down 17 Monday night football against New York and Wentz throws up a jump ball one on one JJ's falling away crosses body makes this awesome diving catch on the sideline so Gino you did have that one moment I remember you so me Yeah, so he did step up in the clutch at least one and he was Okay, he made some a couple nice catches early on in the Dallas game, the do or die game. So, um, yeah, there. That's just another one of those picks. And I think because it was sandwiched in between all the the Rager drama and then the Devonte pick, or, you know, it was right before that. Um, and it wasn't like it wasn't seen as a necessity, or he wasn't really playing much, so he wasn't showcased as much as Rager. You didn't need him as much. I think it does go under the radar when it comes to like botched draft picks.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. A high quality pick, man. That was pick fifty-five, if I'm not mistaken. Just and
0: brutal. And all the receivers that went after that in that class. Is that pick, tough to tough to swallow. Walked
1: away with a total of sixteen receptions, two hundred <laughs> like and ninety yards, a single start. touchdown, and his only touchdown in Philadelphia, Lou. Was on a fumbled ball that he picked up. That's in the right, against
0: Baltimore in
1: 2020. <laughs> good you lord, can't man. It, man! I man. wish
0: I had the audio file still. of You screaming, JJ white Whiteside. Oh, baby. I have the when video. I'll, him, I'll put it. Yeah, up on we'll screen pull
1: screen. it up one of these days. Yeah. It's it's phony at this point. Yeah, it's yeah just it's, no
0: bad. for sure. I mean, we get you know everyone's got good takes. Everybody's got bad ones, and it wasn't just you. The Eagles owner was all in and yeah. made sure this was the pick. But this is
1: it. This is a good. Uh, Discussion and experiment when it comes to why we might have got guys wrong, why we might have evaluated a position a different way, and these exact discussions happen inside of NFL boardrooms and yeah. NFL draft rooms and pro- player personnel rooms. I mean, this is always going up. Why did we miss there? How can we get better? Well, what did they do? Instead of drafting guys like J.J. They went out and drafted guys like Devontae, somebody who went to the SEC, a so yep. Heisman Trophy winner, and then failure teaches –
0: Failure teaches. and I, I think yep. the JJ without the JJ Pecky. You- you know, you don't have A.J. Brown. So, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Definitely interesting to see what happened to these guys. We're going to continue the series throughout the week, guys. Let us know if you have any p- player suggestions who you want us to talk about. Hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBIASILOE, and at GC24 underscore football. That's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown Eagles. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Shout out to the everydayers. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou Dibiase signing off as always thank you for downloading thank you for watching and listening and let's go birds fly eagles fly